Journey Podcast, where not only do we break down one film a fortnight from the IMDb Top 250 list, but we also do a wide variety of other things, many of which we're going to do today. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Hendo. Mate, how you going? I'm going okay after that very quick intro. You like that? You seem to have, have, you, have you forgotten a lot of it? Have you, no, have you used succinct. all your host powers no, no, from no, the last I've, one? I've tidied it up. Okay, it's, fair it's enough. It's tighter. It's edgier. I like it. All right. I'm doing well, though. How are you? Yes, very good. Kicking goals. What are we doing today, Hendo? Well, today is Pod V Pod 35, and we've got a great guest coming up. We've got Rob Manafield from the Everything Racing Podcast. Yeah, nice. Looking forward to it. We'll also take a look at the answers to our question of the week, which is, what is your worst Oscar acting win, and who should have won instead? And that will be our top five. No competition this week, considering it's a, it's quite a very, very broad top five you can do. It is quite a very, very broad top five. Yeah, I, I had some trouble with it, I'll be honest, but we'll get to that later. We'll also take a look at some of the 2010 film tournament results, and then after all that, we're going to talk about what else we've been watching, which really isn't that much anymore. No, we've taken a backseat to this whole movie watching business. Yeah, not churning out 30 films every fortnight now. We realise that- uh, In fairness, I never watch. That's true. You've just- You've done it a couple of times. You've just come down to the normal level. Yeah, I I realised I'm human. It's still way more than a lot of people. That's true. But before all that- Give me the update. Alright, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb Top 250? What what are we watching? We're watching all the the latest Best Picture nominees just fall from grace and Parasite keep going up. Not anymore. Ah. Parasite has peaked at 21 and has now dropped two spots to 23, bringing up City of God and Life is Beautiful. That's embarrassing. Well, Joker's gone down four more spots to 46. Ford v Ferrari down four more spots to 181. Those are your big big changes over the last week. We were going to look at Groundhog Day. It was sitting at 250. It's gone up to 248. Look out, world. There we go. It's going back. It's rise. Could not have said it better myself, Hendo. It does rise. All right, mate. Let's do it. Let's get into Pod v Pod 35. All right, Dean, it's time for Pod v Pod 35, where we have some of your favourite podcasters on for a battle of different movie games. And this week, we've got a bit of a different podcast here, not a movie-related podcast. We've got Rob Manafield from the Everything Racing Podcast. How are you today, buddy? Hey, Rob. Hey, lads. How are you doing? Yeah, doing really good. Really good. Really happy to be finally on the podcast doing Pod v Pod. You're going to absolutely kick my ass, but it's going to be fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So for anyone who doesn't understand what your podcast is based off the title of the podcast, why don't you tell them what it's about? So uh, it used to be about Formula One completely. It used to be called F1 Everything Podcast, but now uh, I've changed it a little bit and it now focuses on motor racing in general. So Formula One, Formula E, IndyCar, MotoGP, uh, supercars down in Australia. And I I do things such as I tell uh, stories of like different drivers' careers and certain seasons and certain race weekends. Uh, Started doing top 10 lists. One's just gone up recently. And uh, I do a thing now called Honest Racing hype where i take a thing such as like pre-season testing for formula one and i try and give some hype for people to listen to but it's like honest versions of it so i just say it how it is uh yeah that's everything racing podcast nice nice all right so what why why movies are you a big movie fan yeah i love watching movies i, I hosted a, another movie podcast with a friend of mine for a, a little while but yeah i i like most people i i do enjoy sitting down and watching movies and uh yeah whilst i think you're gonna kick my ass i'm i'm definitely up for the challenge of a pod v pod so let's do it Fantastic. All right, let's do it then. We'll start off with our first round, which is our standard movie quiz. Pub quiz, asshole. Five questions, one point per correct guess. We always ask our guests the first question, so Rob, here we go. All right. First category is animated. What is the name of Gaston's short-statured sidekick in Beauty and the Beast? Uh, LeFou. 
Wow, very good. No hesitation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> Happy with that. Happy with that. All right, Dean, you want to answer the first question? Uh, sure. Okay. Pressure's on. <laughs> Pressure's on. Okay, you're not going to like this. Well, you may actually. In I the... swear, if every question is about Formula One, <laughs> <I'm> in, <trouble. laughs> in what year did this winner have? No, it's not. It's not. It, however, it is, the category is racing films. Shocker. Uh, <laughs> it's also it's also about animation as well. So yeah, that's funny. Right here we go. In the Disney Pixar movie Cars, what is the name of the championship that Lightning McQueen is competing in? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I had any idea. Cars is, I mean, you know, pretty widely regarded as one of the weaker Pixar films. I oh, think yeah. I saw it once when it came out, and that was it. I have no idea. You're not going to guess or anything like that. No, 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 definitely uh, not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. The uh, the correct answer is called the Piston Cup. Ah, the so Piston posting. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Never mind. Never mind. That's the only racing question I've got for you. So you're fine. You might, you have a chance from now on. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, okay. The next category is nineties. Who plays crop duster pilot Russell Case in Independence Day? Oh, shit. Uh, I have never seen Independence Day, so I'm going to have to pass. Uh, f- uh, fucking hell. Uh... No. How have you not seen Independence Day? <laughs> I'm a sorry, lot of, but mate, there's a lot of you films. You just throw that little seen. line out like it doesn't mean anything. But seriously, how'd you miss that? That was huge back in the day. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. There's a lot of films. I only watched The Sixth Sense for the first time last year, so I'm catching up on all the classics. Uh, nah. Uh, oh, don't, don't tell me what happens. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from spoilers for The Sixth Sense. Okay. <laughs> uh, gonna pass, lads. Yeah, no idea. Alright, the correct answer is Randy Quaid. Oh, I would never have gotten that in a million years. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's see if I can get a point here. Okay, so in the category of horror films. Oh, ha- f- shit. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, how many people does Michael Myers kill in the 1978 classic Halloween? I might, I might be able to get this. So he kills his sister right at the start. I think there's... I know there's a shot where he, like, hangs a guy up on the wall with a knife. That's that's the second one there. I think there's, like, some sort of friend that he kills. I really feel like I'm leaning towards three or four. Is there a cop he would have killed? I feel like that, that's a good possibility. Why the hell not? Let's go four. Oh, you're so close, mate. The correct answer is five. <sighs> Damn it. Ah, close. Yeah. Who did I miss? Was I was I on the money there with those people? Yeah, yeah. So it's the sis- it's the sister at the beginning. Uh, then the next person he kills is like a mechanic. I think that's how he gets his overalls. Ah, that bloody uh, mechanic. Then there's like one friend who he um, strangles in the car, and then it's the like the two the couple that have just had sex, and then yeah, the guy that gets hung up on Unlucky. the wall, and then yeah, the bit with the tombstone. So yeah, you were close. You were close. I'm impressed. Very close. Couldn't be any closer. (laughs) All right. Your next question is in the category of romance. Oh, shit. Which actor co-stars with Kate Beckinsale as the main lead in 2001's Serendipity? I swear swear to God, lads, I've never heard of that film before. (laughs) Swearing. (laughs) (laughs) 2001. Oh my god, it was around in 2001 uh, A lot of people um, Yeah, I was going to say, that does <laughs> narrow it down <laughs> Barren wasteland of actors, it was 2001 <laughs> Oh, I don't know, fuck it, Ben Stiller uh, Incorrect, unfortunately, it was oh. actually John Cusack Oh no, I got that as well, lads Yep, yeah, nope. 
that lucky bastard. Yeah. <laughs> is it a good film? Is it is it recommended? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> but I, I, I did know I did yeah, know that one. I also did know this one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I hear it's quite nice though. Oh, we right. ge- we generally ask questions where at least one of us may have got it or would have got it. Right. Yeah. Nah. Fair enough. Yeah. I, and I'm and I'm not that one person here. So yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, Dean, let's get a point here. Okay. In the category of the Oscars, in 1998, Titanic was nominated for 14 Oscars, but how many did it win? Okay. I think I know this. I'll be pretty annoyed if I don't get this. I'm going to say... Oh, gee, I don't know. The, the, the instant change of opinion. I just love that. I'm so confident. I'm so, oh, God damn. I'm thinking shit. He's got like, this. He's got this. Oh, I don't know. It's damn. the same as Return of the King. It's the same as Ben-Hur. Now, is it... It's, I'll, I'll put it this way. It's definitely not 12. My initial thought was 13. I'm just trying to think if it got 14. I don't think 14 is right. Oh, I definitely didn't get 14 because Gloria Stewart was nominated for Best Supporting Actress and she lost that. So I'm going to say that was its only loss, and I'm going to say 13. Uh, sorry, mate. It's 11. Ah! <laughs> it, it won you best... shit bastard. Oh, close again. It, it won um, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Art Direction, Best Cinematography, Visual Effects, Film Editing, Costume Design, Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, Original Dramatic Score, and Original Song. Mm. Massive, massive sweep for that bloody movie. <laughs> I, I don't get the hype. I've never f- thought much of Titanic. I mean, the, the first like two hours are just so fucking meh. And then so good. The, oh, what? oh no! Oh, it's fucking. <laughs> I love dull Titanic. As sh- it's dull as shit. But Titanic's, then, but Titanic's mo- pretty good. But the moment it hits the iceberg, it's like, oh, actually, I'll, I'll sit back down. I'll watch this bit. Yeah. See, I was all in on Leo and Kate, so nah, I'm nah. a sucker for the the you know the corny romance stuff. Fair enough. Fair Look at enough. You. All right, Rob, let's go for your fourth question here. All right, category is Coen Brothers. In No Country for Old Men, how much money does Lewin find in the drug deal satchel? Oh, shit. Uh, I think I've seen this film once a while ago. How much did he? I'm going to say $10,000. Ooh, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the drug dealers would have been like, eh, we don't care. <laughs> okay, no, 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 it's actually $2 million. Oh, no. Oh, that is that is nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was 100 bucks. They want it back. Yeah. <laughs> it was $5 in a chocolate bar or something like, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Rob, let's see if I can get our first point here and hopefully tie up the scores. Man, I really should have got that Oscar question. Uh, I'm, 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 I, would you say like, oh, I've got this, I've got this? Uh, nah, don't shit. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. In the, ca- I think you'll get this. In the category of Star Wars, uh, which of these two films in the Star Wars franchise grossed the most money at the worldwide box office? So it's between Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace or Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. Oh, this feels like a trick question. It's a 50-50 shot. There's no way you shouldn't get this. Well, there's a 50% chance he's not going to get it. Why are you going to be so negative? (laughs) I'm trying to pump him up here. (laughs) I mean, it feels... Because I know know that The Phantom Menace was the highest grossing film of that year worldwide. But are we taking inflation into account? I don't don't think there's that that much difference from, uh, was it 14 years or whatever it was? I mean, 
I gotta go with what I know. This uh, this movie was the biggest one of that year. Rogue One, I know Rogue One was in the top three of that year too. I don't think it was the biggest of, uh, I think it was 2016. Oh, I'm Phantom Menace. Oh, you should have stuck with it. It's Rogue One. Oh, man. So, You're the worst. <laughs> Rogue One made $1.056 billion and Phantom Menace made $1.027 billion. Oh, <laughs> he's like, not even close. Heck, it's so obviously that. It was a couple of hundred thousand. Ah, uh, yeah, all right. I just I knew that Phantom Menace was just so massive. I didn't know Rogue One was. I didn't know Rogue. That's clearly the trick question. <laughs> like as you said, yeah. like it, you'd think it would be Phantom Menace. So obviously it's not Phantom Menace. Yeah, but it's like it could be the double trick question. Like it's so obviously a trick question that it's not a trick question. You I'm know not, what I'm saying. I'm, no, not yeah, gonna, right. I'm not gonna lie. I'm surprised Phantom Menace made as much money as it did. It's like, what, you? yeah, it's one of these things, isn't it? The film is absolutely shite. The people just went in it's for awesome. yeah, it. It's awesome. Uh, yeah. Okay. Jewel of the Fates is fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Pe- people were going to people were going to this random ass movie that no one had heard of just to see the trailer for Phantom Menace and then just walking out. Like, really? right, we're done, boys, and they all just leave. That's crazy. See, I was only about eight years old when it came out, so I didn't like get on board the hype. I was probably a little bit too young. It just wasn't something that interested me. And then I watched it oh, like when enough. I was like in my late teens. I was like, oh, this is awful. This is so bad. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, we are still on zero to your one. So if you get this right, you just take out the first round here. Okay. And the category we have for you is Oscars. What was the first musical to win Best Picture? Uh, first musical. So it's going to be going back a long time. I'm thinking something like, is Casablanca a musical? Singing in the Rain? Oh, it's one of those two. Ah. Uh, the Wizard of Oz. Is The Wizard of Oz classified as a musical? Uh, There's songs. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, f- oh, fuck Somewhere. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'll stop. That's not <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful, mate. Beautiful. Oh, I've got to kick myself. Singing in the rain. No. Oh. It's actually, actually way, way back in the day to the Broadway melody. Oh, not, not a chance I was getting that. How, how old that? That was a what? stupidly hard question. <laughs> yeah, right. What? Which is why it was last. <laughs> what year was that from? If you're saying it was way, way back. Uh, in the 30s somewhere. I really? think it was probably the 10s. <laughs> Well, the, only, the only movie that came out that year. Yeah, the, yeah, the silent film musical. The silent musical. You've just got like the musical yeah. notes come up. Sing on the those lyrics that come up. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, Rob, what do you got for our last question? We need this for a tie. Yeah, okay. Come on, tie. All right. So in the category of Disney films. Ooh, okay. Okay, okay. Okay. Disney released five animated feature films in the 1980s, starting with the earliest put them in the order that they were released so I'll, 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 I'm going to help you I'm going to give you the five films obviously be unfair okay. so um, the five films were The Black Cauldron The Little Mermaid The Fox and the Hound Oliver and Company and The Great Mouse Detective so yeah earliest Jeez. put them in order that okay, so I feel like Fox and the Hound is more recent I think Little Mermaid was like 89 so I, I would put that last Black Cauldron feels old. earlier. Feels old. Maybe put that at the start. Although he did start it with that. So maybe, you know. Stop with these. You think it's a trick question. Imagine if you put them in order, <laughs> reading them to us by mistake. He's like, oh, shit, I didn't put that in order. <laughs> I did have to double check. I was making sure I was reading the right list. <laughs> 
Uh, I feel like we go Black Cauldron first and Little Mermaid last. Okay, I think we go Fox and the Hound second last. So fourth. What about what are the other two? Oliver and Co. And yep. the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be third. Which one? The Mouse one. Yeah. And Oliver is number two. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know Oliver. Right. I think we do that. Okay. Did right. you get that? So what? So no, right. So you're starting with the Black Cauldron. So we'll go the Black Cauldron, Oliver and Company, the Great Mouse Detective. Fox and the Hound, and The Little Mermaid. Sorry, lads. Nope, that's incorrect. Uh, so, <sighs> the order, starting with, in 1981, The Fox and the Hound. You're so shit, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, then it's The Black Cauldron in 1985, The Great okay. Mouse Detective in 1986, Oliver and Company, which is a really underrated film, by the way, in 1988, and then, you yeah, are right, mate, The Little Mermaid, 1989. So, yeah. I'll be happy and proud of the fact that I got my my part of the question right. Yeah, exactly. Fucking Dean. <laughs> well, <laughs> our, wow. our standard upset. nil for five. <laughs> <laughs> upset of the century. I actually managed to win this round. Holy shit, that's the one I hey, was about. You did right like, with that first question. You did, I don't even think there was a second hesitation there. You got that one. So well done, mate, for the first round win there. But let's go with our second round here, which is... It was horrible! It was the worst thing I've ever seen! And as we have a rotating game in our second round here, this one we're going to do is the other team have to guess what movie we're talking about based off the one-star review we found off IMDb. Now, Rob, we asked you the first question in the first round. We'll take the first question this round, and I'll take the first question. Okay, so... This movie is awful. There is a reason no one ever heard of this book. I also don't care who tells me this movie is a great adaption of the book because it was terrible. Whoa, that's tough. So broad. That doesn't give you much, Endo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So. Just just think of a book that you've never heard of. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I do feel a bit mean for giving this one, so I'll give you a a bit of a clue. Really? This film came out in the last, like, in the last year. It came out in the last year. I'll give you that. It was adapted from a book in the last year. Awful film. Hmm. God, I don't, I don't know. What shithouse film would they have said was adapted from a book? Is there any young adult films from last year? Oh, I can't even think. Now I'm blanking on 2019 films. <laughs> and I saw a lot of them last year. Come on, think. Awful adaptation of a book that no one has heard of. I, I can't even think of a film. No, so you're, you're passing? I'm going to throw a random film out there. Hmm, was there any racing <laughs> films last year? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm going to try and tie it in, and I know it's wrong, but whatever. Uh, 4 v Ferrari. <laughs> no, that is incorrect. It's uh, Doctor Sleep. Oh, okay. Ah. Uh, yeah, all right. That makes sense. It does. Yeah, would never have never thought of that. It's gettable too. It is have definitely you seen Doctor Sleep. I have. I'm pretty sure it's uh, Rob's favorite film from last year, wasn't it? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I I, this review is absolute bullshit. It's a great film. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wrote it just for the purposes of this podcast. <laughs> that's, that's what, all of these are my fake one-star reviews. <laughs> All right, Rob, here's your first one. Go for it, Dean. All right. Absolute deconstruction of original characters and the universe. This nonsensical circus seems only aiming to cram as much political correctness. Painful attempts at humour and cheap pathos into torturous three hours. Oh, three hours. Okay. Oh, politics. Oh, God. See, 
I'm trying to think of like, I don't know if I'm getting caught up too much on the whole politics thing, but if it's three hours, then, oh, what could it be? I I haven't seen The Irishman yet. It's on my Netflix list to watch. I think that's three hours. Let's go with The Departed. No, it was actually Avengers Endgame. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, fine. Blimey. I wouldn't wouldn't have associated that review with that film, though, to be fair. But Uh, it's the beauty of this. (laughs) 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 All right, Robbo. Dean, you want to take the next one? Yeah, I think I I might. You might might take this one? Give me a break? Let's do it. Okay, so. Missed opportunity to make an excellent film. Clichéd story, good fight sequences, ruined by tried and untrue shaky cam technique, and a forgettable ending. Major plot points are totally unrealistic. Hmm. What do I take from that? Shaky cam. Hmm. Let's go with... I don't know. Go... The Born Supremacy. No, it's Warrior. How dare they? I know, right? Shaky cam? I think it's when it's, it's the sections when they're actually like fighting in the cage and they they go with quite it, I don't remember if that's been like quite a lot of shaky cam in that section to try and make it look more aggressive I guess but yeah again Why are these people making these shit reviews? I oh, know this this review was particularly shit that's why I picked it. <laughs> <laughs> All right Rob here we go with your next review. Okay. I don't get it. Why would anyone spend time to watch this movie over and over and over and over again? My girlfriend watched this movie for th- for three times. Nice wording there. My <laughs> God, in theatre, it drove me mad. This movie is boring, dumb, and irrational. Why would a rich girl fell for a poor thief? It just doesn't make any sense. That's like that review. Yeah. <laughs> Aladdin. <laughs> Interestingly enough, that was my guess for this. It was uh, Titanic. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, yeah, yep. no, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it makes sense now. All right, we're doing fantastic here. (laughs) 2-0, heading into the third one. What do you got for me, Rob? Okay. Possibly the most ludicrous and terrible film ever made. I am shocked as to how people found the ridiculous, predictable and boring plot so appealing. The fact that it has managed to get into the top 100 movies of all time speaks volumes of how little people understand or appreciate movies of the 1930s. There's a lot of information there. To 100 1930s. Okay, so the big two 1930s films that would possibly be in the top 100 would be Gone with the Wind or The Wizard of Oz. I feel like there might be like a Metropolis in there, but I've, that's, I mean, that even be, might even be 20s. So I feel like it's one of those two. What are they going to say? Boring and predictable plot. Uh, what would what would someone think more of a boring, predictable plot out of uh, Wizard of Oz and Gone with the Wind? Jeez. I mean, I feel like they'd be saying Gone with the Wind. I'm, I'm going to say Gone with the Wind. Oh, it's the Wizard of Oz. Oh, come on. Oh, How can man. you say the Wizard of Oz is boring? Oh, it's, yeah. Again, these reviews, man. I was getting slightly angry reading them Shattered. for this, but yeah, that, that, is, uh, that is heartbreaking, mate. Never mind. Probably that. the closest we're going to get to an answer here. Without doubt. <laughs> that was our one shot. <laughs> no, no, no. I reckon, I reckon the next two, I reckon you're, uh, these next two are gettable. All right. Well, let's see if these ones are gettable for you, Rob. Right. Uh, good luck. Thanks. All right. The only thing halfway good about this movie is the actors. Besides that, it's unrealistic, offensive, needlessly vulgar for a romance, written from such a self-righteous point of view. Ah, it's just bad. One out of ten. Watch it if you like watching a train wreck and softcore porn. It's obviously this writer was listening to all the corniest songs ever while writing this movie. 
Feelings. Nothing more than feelings. Ah, I just threw up a little and then swallowed it. Oh, you know, up to the point you start talking about, like, um, songs and stuff, I thought it was, like, marriage story. Uh, songs, songs. Uh, I'm going to say ghost. Ooh, no, it's actually love, actually. Oh, Oh, ah, fuck, that film is shit. Not a fan. But there is softcore porn, though. Yeah, that that is true. In fact, yeah, that's a good point. I I completely blanked on the fact that there's nothing like that in Ghost. It would have been made the film more interesting, to be fair. I I don't know, that, that, you know... That That pottery scene. Yeah, mate. pottery mix. (laughs) Gets me going. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay, Dean, help us out here. All right. Apparently this is gettable. Here we go. Okay. This movie is not scary at all. Gross? Yes, but not scary. No suspense. At times, this movie is just boring. I was very disappointed. I don't understand why this movie gets talked about by critics as being a classic. Okay. Gross. Boring. Not scary. I feel like I know this one. Give me The Exorcist. That is correct. Yes. Well done, mate. (laughs) Well, okay. I'm, I told well, you. Let's I, just call it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave now. It's fine. Well done. Yeah, I had a feeling you'd get that. Yeah. Nah, fair play. Fair play. Uh, Rob, you still got two to go, though, so let's see how you go. Okay. Finally, a movie on par with Ethan Hawke's acting. Abysmal. Not that the actors are necessarily to blame. Sure, they're not really acting, but hey, no one bothered to write in the first place, and the lack of direction is dead on. You want to talk about what needs to come off the streets? Appallingly cliched garbage like this. Oscar time! (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit. Uh, uh, The Pursuit of Happiness. Ooh, incorrect, unfortunately. Uh, It's actually training day. Ah, nah, wouldn't have got that. Alright, one more, one more chance here, Rob. But, uh, uh, maybe not, because if we get this, it's a it's a win automatically for us. Oh what do you got God. for us, bud? Okay. I can't think of anything good to say about this movie, other than I enjoyed every single second of it. It's actually so bad that it entertains effortlessly. Oh, you gotta say That's that. That's it! One. You, gotta, you gotta say that one again. <laughs> I can't think of anything good to say about this movie, other than I enjoyed every single second of it. It's actually so bad that it entertains effortlessly. No, what, what, hang on. It, so it's so bad, it's good. That's yeah. The entire review. Okay, so my first thought goes for the room. The room, sure. Yeah, Go for it. yeah. Right, the room. Well done. Yeah, it's the room. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you you confused the hell out of me. I'm like, was that a mistype? No. When you no. Said, he's like, nothing good about to say in this film. Except I loved every minute of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's it is just amazing. Have you been to a proper screening of the room in the cinema? No, I don't no. think they do them down here. Oh, such a shame because it's just the most surreal experience. I watched it for the first time at one of these screenings and yeah. going in blind, it was one of the weirdest experiences of my life. I'm not going to lie. Wow. All right. Uh, I think I think Dean and I are both on the uh, it's so bad, it's bad yeah. kind of feel. We for don't that like movie. it. Oh, <laughs> I, just, just, I can't stand it. Oh, it's just hilarious. you got to be pissed to watch it, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rob, you still got one left here. So just, just for shits and gigs, why not? Yeah, let's do it. All right. The suspension of disbelief required for the plot to be credible is too much for anyone with a brain. Why these famous actors agreed to be in this movie is beyond me. Maybe they thought they were remaking a classic or something. A waste of everybody's time. Okay, so it's obviously it's a sort of an all-star cast. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. Like, let's go with... Well, I've lost anyway, but let's go with... Remaking a classic. Oh, maybe they thought they were remaking a classic. Maybe not. I'm going to say Knives Out. 
No, it was actually Ocean's Eleven. Ah, oh, okay, fine. Yep. Oh, never mind. Yep, that was inevitable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bad luck there, buddy. We take the second round here, but that's that's how we love it because it's a tie heading into the last round, which is the chance for the listeners to decide who's going to win this poppy pod. It's movie draft time. All right, mate, we always let our guests decide the theme of the draft, and uh, I'm curious to see if you've gone on brand or not. <laughs> it's uh, racing movies. Wow. What? Could not call that. <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's interesting, racing, racing films. We were looking up, you know, d- different types of criteria for racing film, and I'm not too sure how we're gonna how we're gonna let some of these films fly, but we'll I guess we'll discuss this as we go along the yeah, way here. It, it, it's quite broad, isn't it? So let's see how we go on. Yes, it is. But uh, would you like yourself to go first, or do you want us to take the first film? I'd like you to go first, please. Okay, and who's going to go first out of us two? Uh, let's go with Dean. Nice, Ooh. I like it. All right, go for it, mate. Okay, man, this category. Um. Okay, I'm going to take... It's the, yeah, for me, there's no real clear number one off the board here, so I'm going to take Rush. Okay, all right. That, Ooh, that, the reaction. No, no, that that was one of me very top ones, so yeah, no, I'm not surprised. It's not the one I thought you'd take, if I'm honest. Interesting. All right, well, you got two picks here, bud, so what are you going to go for? So I'm going to start with what I thought would be, like, number one pick, uh, Senna. Okay, that was on the board here. And my second pick is Ford v Ferrari. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I figured that was in, in the first three here coming up. Mm, yeah. Uh, okay. Over to me. I think the first three have been very, very centered into, you know, racing around tracks mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. But yep. I think I'm going to maybe broaden the horizons here for, let's go with the original, the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. See, it, it was one that I considered. I, I do have a Fast and the Furious on here, but it's not not that one. Uh, but that's the sort of stuff. Yeah. It's in terms of it's not just like motorsport. So yeah, Fast and the Furious is something I considered. So yeah, good pick. Cool. Okay. Glad we got that one through. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dean. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to take a film that apparently is quite funny. But I haven't seen it and have absolutely no desire to ever see it. Talladega Nights. Ah, shit. That was my next one. Uh, (laughs) Fair play. Fair play. Okay. Uh, So let me just get rid of that. Oh, dear. Okay. See, this is the problem now because Talladega Nights was high. It was next on my list. But now do I go for more like traditional like motor racing films? But then I don't know whether it's going to be a little bit too niche whether I go from things that are a little bit more, you know, accessible. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I, I've got it next here. I want to go with... Uh, it's a film called Grand Prix. It's from the 60s. Okay. Uh, it's like the original F1 movie. Uh, it's, it's actually really good, and the footage of it is just... How they recorded it was just amazing. So, yeah, I'll take Grand so Prix. So it's a documentary? No, no, it's an actual, like, a, like actual film. It's kind of like Rush. Uh it's, okay. in, it's entirely fictional, but it's 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 really good. Uh, then, gonna oh, fuck. Ah, uh, big days of thunder. Oh, uh, yep, yeah, I had that one coming up. Uh, okay, good picks there. Back over to me. Oh, Jesus. Okay, <laughs> the ones I've got here now are are rough. I feel like I need to continue moving off the the official race theme. Oh man, this is tough. 
I, oh man, okay, I don't know how this is going to be received, but I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Jason Statham's Death Race. I had that on here too. It's a lot lower on my list than, than with yours, but yeah, I had Death Race. Yeah, it's it's quite good fun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, oh. it's a good, it's a good fun film. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. All right. And last, last pick here is a collab. Dean, what, what do you got? What, what do you got on your list? Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, it's 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 tough. It's tough. Yeah. Um, how would you feel about uh, Sea Biscuit? Horse racing film. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I didn't even think of that. It's racing. I'll take it. It's not on my yeah. list, but I'll take it. Yeah. I haven't seen Sea Biscuit. Have you seen it? Is it good? No, I haven't seen Sea Biscuit. Who the hell watched Sea Biscuit? No, not me. Why do you want to pick it then? Alright, uh, what about uh What about Cool Runnings? Oh, I'm gonna Is, debate I don't that. Think that's a racing, racing film. Yeah. They're racing against the clock rob. Oh very good. I'm not well, sure. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. I mean that that opens up the the board re- like really yeah, well. If it, you say that racing mm. against the clock, I mean you can put in gone in sixty seconds here. Ooh, that's not bad. Waiting for a Rob response with that question. <laughs> I'm just like frantically thinking. Shit, shit, shit! I didn't think of this. Uh, uh, I guess you are. It is technically racing, so yeah, fine, fine, go do it. I, I, I can go gone in sixty seconds. They're Top Gun. <laughs> No, they're not racing there. <laughs> they're racing, you know. No, they're not. There's no. Ra- lives, you can't even. You can't even stretch this. <laughs> I, I think. I think gone in sixty seconds. And what? Tell me what they're racing. They're racing the clock to get all these cars to the place they need to before to save his brother. That's the, that's it. They're, yeah, they're racing against time. Racing against time. It's a stretch. Maybe we should pick. In time, that Justin Timberlake one, Ooh, because they're racing in time. It's actually on their arm. No, of course not. That is much better. Oh, I, I think gone in sixty seconds. Okay. I mean, there's cars in it. That's racing. This, right? is, a car, <laughs> this is a car <laughs> draft. Yeah, they're racing the cops at points. Are they racing them or being chased by them? Well, I mean, if they lose, <laughs> that, then that is... there's consequences. <laughs> I I I, th- I think gone in sixty seconds should be our pick if we get the the Rob Manafield approval. Yeah, Rob, go, yeah. What go do you on, think? Do it. All right, we'll take that one. Gone in sixty seconds. Nice. Okay. Way to rot the system. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, your last pick, mate. See, since you said cool runnings, I'm thinking well, if we're going down the racing the clock thing, I've got. To, I'm thinking cool runnings, but I've got other things here. Which <laughs> I, Don't I you genuinely dare. have. Oh, it's not on the list. It's not on my list at all because I didn't even think about it like that. But I guess uh. yeah, technically you are racing. Over it is against time. Um, oh Jesus! So, have you you've picked all? You, that's it, isn't it? You've picked everything, so I can just yeah. read my list. Out. Okay, so I've got. Okay, so so there's a documentary film, a 3D one called TT 3D Closer to the Edge, based on the Isle of Man TT, which is really. I've good. heard really good things about that. It's really good. It's really good. Take or leave the 3D, but yeah, it's a great film. I've got then I got stuff like the Love Bug, like. I remember like loving the Herbie films. Herbie goes to Monte Carlo. Um, yeah, Herbie fully loaded. That was my next pick, probably. Yeah. <laughs> big, big Lindsay Lohan fan. <laughs> I, I haven't actually seen um, Herbie fully loaded. That's one of the ones I've not seen. I mean, seen. has anyone really? That is true. That you, I think. Um, I have not. Have you not? I have oh, not. All right, okay. No. Uh, then I got like Rat Race. Oh. 
Yeah. No uh, joke. I considered Rat Race. <laughs> yeah. That's a great film. Um, oh, shit. I'm going to go with... Yeah, stick to me, guns. TT3D, closer to the edge. Nice. All right, that's going to do it for the draft. Let's take a look back at the teams. We have Rush, Fast and the Furious, Talladega Nights, the story of Ricky Bobby, Death Race, and Gone in 60 Seconds. And you have Senna, Ford v Ferrari, Grand Prix, Days of Thunder, and TT3D, closest to the edge. Closer. I'm about to break. Closer. (laughs) Closer to the edge. (laughs) That's it. All right, so we'll put this poll up basically after our recording here. It should be done by the time the episode gets released, so we'll see who has won Pod v Pod 35. And that's going to do it for today. Rob, thank you so much for coming on, buddy. Yeah, it's been so an much, absolute man. blast. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you very, very much for having me on, lads. Yeah, it's been awesome. Not a problem. Uh, before you go, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you and your podcast? So, yeah, all your usual podcast apps, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, just search for Everything Racing Podcast. Also on social media, again, just search for Everything Racing Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Excellent. All right. Well, once again, thanks for coming on, buddy, and we'll have a chat with you soon. Yeah, awesome. Thanks, lads. Take care. Right, mate, it's time for... Answer my question! The question, jerk! Where we asked you, what is your worst Oscar acting win and who should have won instead? Now let's take a look over on Twitter. First one here from Chris Wilson. DiCaprio for The Revenant. It will never not feel like the Academy just giving him one to appease the crowd. Fastbender was much better, as was Cranston that year. Even more controversially, I'd take Redmayne over DiCaprio that year. Interesting. Cranston was... uh, Trumbo. Trumbo. Daniel Newton says, In recent times, Oldman's win for The Darkest Hour was abysmal. Chalamet and Kaluuya... Those are some good last names there. Gave breakout turns. Day-Lewis was astonishing in Phantom Thread. That he was. Oldman played Churchill like everybody does. A lovey in a... Lovey? Is Louvy? that a is Louvy? Don't know. Is it a British thing? Sounds like it. A lovey in a fat suit and bald cap, pretentiously rolling his R's. Utter bile. Gidget von LaRue says Dustin Hoffman winning for Kramer versus Kramer. Should have been Roy Scheider for all that jazz. Still Mallow says worst best supporting actress is Kim Basinger for LA Confidential. That should have gone to Gloria Stewart in Titanic. And the worst best actor was Lee Marvin in Cat Baloo. And it should have gone to Richard Burton in The Spy Who Came In From The Cold. Have you seen that, Hendo? No. Have you heard of that, Hendo? Yeah, he lost to Cat Baloo. Cat Baloo. Cat Baloo indeed. The Real Doa says, 1993, Tommy Lee Jones and the Fugitive over rail fines in Schindler's List still hurts me. Jamie says, Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. Great actor, but not his best role or film. Should have been Hugh Jackman for Les Mis. Okay. Jeffrey Kerr says, Emma Stone in La La Land. She's good in that movie, but I wouldn't call it Oscar worthy. Natalie Portman should have won that year for Jackie. Steve Adams says, Melissa Leo for The Fighter. Amy Adams was the better supporting performance in that film, but Jackie Weaver should have won for Animal Kingdom. Hmm, Animal Kingdom. Good movie. Yes. WCB says, Sean Penn for Milk. Should have been Mickey Rourke. For The Wrestler. That's right. Ali Aksoy says, Kevin Spacey winning Best Actor for, for American Beauty over Russell Crowe's phenomenal immersive performance as Jeffrey Wigand in Michael Mann's The Insider. Ronnie Soul says, Jack Lemmon for Save the Tiger. Should have been Pacino for Serpico. Also, Pacino should have won this year instead of Pitt. Scotty Rockatansky says, Casey Affleck for Manchester by the Sea. His performance in that was so dull and lifeless and one note. Should have either gone to Denzel or Vigo. Millstead on movies say, I have to say Jack Palance for City Slickers. 
the Best Supporting Actor of the Year didn't even get nominated, which was Alan Rickman in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Hot take. Mikey claims. Claims that Paul Newman for The Colour of Money. Wow, brilliant. (laughs) He should have won for The Verdict. Hoskins should have won for Mona Lisa or Hurt for Children of a Lesser God. Have not heard of that film, Hendo. I haven't either. Da-da-da man speech therapist says Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman should have been Denzel Washington for Malcolm X. I could have lived with it had it been Robert Downey Jr. for Chaplin. Unpainted Huffines says Roberto Benigni over anyone else that year, but especially Ian McKellen in Gods and Monsters. Have you seen Gods and Monsters? I have not. Me neither. Thomas M. Willett says, I still don't get how Alicia Vikander won Best Supporting Actress for The Danish Girl. Not only was it a nothing role, but she was in supporting for being the titular character. I'd probably give it to Rooney Mara for Carol. That movie needed way more Oscars. Have you seen either of those films? I watched some of The Danish Girl. It's pretty bad. I haven't seen The Danish Girl, but I saw Carol and it was good. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Carol. Uh, Next up from Daniel Maycock. Julia Roberts for Aaron Brockovich should have been either Joan Allen for Contender or Alan Burstyn for Requiem for a Dream. Or even Laura Linney for You Can Count on Me. Plenty of different options there. Pretty much anyone but Julia Roberts. Pretty much. Chris says Daniel Day-Lewis for Lincoln. I love DDL and he is objectively one of the greatest. But that year, Phoenix with the Master was out of the world. All right, looking at our Facebook listener community here from Georgia May Watson, Matt Damon should have won the 98 Best Actor for Good Will Hunting. He lost to Jack Nicholson in As Good As It Gets. Not saying that Jack was unworthy, but my love for Damon in Good Will Hunting is extreme. Julio at the Contrarian says, Whoever won over Philip Seymour Hoffman in 2013? Oh, it was Christoph Waltz for Django Unchained. Waltz is good, but it's a variation on what he did in Inglorious Bastards. Philip Seymour Hoffman, on the other hand, is just spellbinding in The Master. Sam Hurley says, Julianne Moore beating Marion Cotillard in 2015. Not enough people watched two days, one night. I looked this movie up. Did you? That's a very interesting premise. I'd never heard of it before. Really? I've heard of it. I just never, never watched it. Partially because Sam goes on about it all the time and now I'm at that point where I'm like, you know, I'm not going to watch it now. Take that, Sam. That's right. <laughs> Clint Chafee says, the guy who beat out Pacino for Godfather Part 2. Amy Smith says, Rami Malek winning in 2019 for Bohemian Rhapsody should have easily gone to Bradley Cooper that year. All right, over to Patreon. Brother Shane says, Morgan Freeman in Million Dollar Baby, I think. Winner should have been Clive Owen for Closer or even Thomas Hayden Church for Sideways. Hell, even Jamie Foxx for Collateral is better. Chris Beardsell says, Granted, I've only seen the film once, but I thought Mark Rylance winning Best Supporting Actor for Bridge of Spies was a head-scratcher. Personally, I thought Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight, Christian Bale in The Big Short, and even Sly Stallone in Creed were better that year. Hunkrio says, Maybe I'm being reactionary because this only just happened, but I really didn't get the hype for Renee Zellweger's performance in Judy. Even without mentioning the questionable quality of the film she was in, she was easily the worst of the nominees. I would have loved to have seen Scarlett Johansson win for Marriage Story instead. Jacob Bennett says, almost went with Michael Keaton for Birdman losing to Eddie Redmayne for the theory of everything, but instead got to go with Rami Malek winning for Bohemian Rhapsody against Christian Bale from Vice because that was a drastic difference and Christian Bale was by far the best. And our last one here from Brian Grabianowski. Dern shouldn't have won against Scarlet. Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response, but Dean, it's time to get to our top five worst actor Oscar wins. First off, before we do this, why don't we set a little bit of a criteria here? For me personally, my five have been the actual worst Oscar wins for me, not who should have won. I think that can be an entire list all by itself. Yeah, I I, I agree. So what what I started with is... 
you know, I, I, I went, right, what's my, like, all-time favourite sort of performance, looked at that sort of thing and saw who beat it and was like, well, I've never heard of this guy or this mm. movie, but this will be my number one. That's basically where I was at with this list. But in having a quick discussion with you, we did decide that it would be probably better if we just went with the main focus here, the 95% of this question, what's the worst winner? And then as an afterthought, maybe who should have won? Yeah, I'm sure we can do a uh, best, best performances ever. Best in performance each of that the didn't categories. win the Oscars, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right, so start with you. What's your number five? My number five is Tommy Lee Jones for The Fugitive. Okay. And who, who should have won that one? Uh, I'm going to go with Ray Fiennes for Schindler's List. That was my number six. Okay. Yeah. So my number five is actually Mark Rylance in Bridge of Spies. Oh my god, that was my number six. Really? Yeah, no joke. And I feel I feel like Stallone should have got it for Creed in that one. Yeah. Did yeah. you have him? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Although that like that could have gone to a couple of people that year. It was like, it was a good couple of people in there. Yeah, yeah. Alright, my number four is much as I love this movie, I'm not sure the performance was exactly Oscar worthy, so I went with Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Man, that was on my short list too. <laughs> and I would give it to Lorraine Blacko yep. for Goodfellas. All right. I think, yeah, those are the two I took off my list. <laughs> okay. Well, at least we're in some sort of agreement, at least to start off with. Well, my number four is, is Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour. Really? Yeah, I feel like his performance is more so. Oh, he's, he's, he's transformed the makeup. He looks like he looks like uh, Winston Churchill. Yeah, you got, you got to give him the Oscar. He's, so you're thinking it's more an Oscar for the makeup than the actual and maybe, acting. And also for, like, him in general as well like we haven't like given a lifetime award yeah and honestly I feel like they should have given Day Lewis a fourth one for Phantom Fred oh man that would have been great yeah but you're number three my number three is the always beautiful Julia Roberts in Aaron Brockovich okay not not on my have you seen Aaron Brockovich I have very yeah. long time yeah. ago though nah definitely not a fan of that and how could you be when you've got Alan Burston for Requiem for a Dream mm. sitting there yeah true a truly scary performance so yeah julia roberts at number three my number three i i feel like i know where this is going to place on your list roberto benini in life is beautiful ah and and of course eddie norton for american history extra won that one for sure he's he's okay in that uh that's actually my number two wow i thought you would have pegged it for number one no 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 because i think my number one is a worse performance okay um whilst the who should have won is not as good as Ed Norton, obviously, in American History X. I just think the number one, for me, is a much worse performance than Roberto Benigni. But I don't like his performance at all. And especially when you actually see him outside of that movie. Like, for a lot of people, or at least myself, that was the only thing I've seen him in. And you're like, oh, what a performance sort of thing. But then you actually see him outside, and he's sort of like that all yeah, the time. starring Roberto Benigni as Roberto Benigni. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. All well, right. My number two was from the most recent Oscars, Renee Zellweger. Judy. I didn't think she deserved it. I thought her performance was mediocre at best in a mediocre film. And give it to Johansson for Marriage Story. Fair enough. Can't disagree with that. I did consider it. But my number one... This could be the same one. I think it is, actually. It's Rami Malek. Oh, yeah. And... Terrible, terrible choice there. It really was. And even, like, you see that that Oscar clip they show of him lip-syncing. It's like, fuck off. Give it to Bradley Cooper. It's not even him singing it. Give it to Bradley Cooper, who actually learnt to sing in a different fucking octave or whatever he did. He learnt to play guitar. He's a superstar in that film. Should have won it over Rami Malek. See, I'm okay with with, uh, Bale or Cooper that year. I think both of them put in great performances. And to get Rami Rami Malek thrown in there, and like you said, that clip that they showed, he's lip-syncing to Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Not even playing the piano. Yep. That's the that's the scene you pick. 
Yep. Ridiculous. Embarrassing. And for next week's question of the week, considering we're doing train spotting, we're going to go, what is your favourite drug-related film? And as usual, our patrons and our Facebook listener community are going to drop in their top five for our competition and see who's going to win some. Sweet, sweet merch. How is that my line now? Because it is. I've I've given it to you. I don't want it. Too bad you've got it. I made fun of it. That's what I was doing. I will pause every week now. Now, anyone listening will be like, oh, that's Dean Singh. He's he's, he's a sweet, sweet merch. I was like, no, I was making fun of how stupid you sound when you say sweet, sweet merch. And now you're like, I'm going to say it's going to be amazing. (laughs) There's this tournament. Let the tournament! All right, Dean, it's time to find out the latest results in our best 2010 film tournament. Now, we had one more match in the first round, and that was Ford v Ferrari against Spotlight, and 57% went to Spotlight. So that was the last film to make it into the round of 32. Now we've, had a, now, we've had a couple of matches gone already in that, so let's take a look at those first two here. We had Inception against Gone Girl, and obviously Inception wins with a 74% win. The Hunt took on Toy Story 3. And lost. Toy Story 3 getting 78% of the vote. Okay, so that's where we're up to right now. But let's take a look at the matches that we got coming up for our round of 32. We have the number 8 seed, Django Unchained, against the number 25 seed, Inside Out. We have Avengers Endgame up against Logan. Interstellar against the Grand Budapest Hotel. Your Name takes on Insondi. Intouchables against Prisoners. The Dark Knight Rises against Green Book. Green Book, hey. Nice easy one there. Parasite against Marriage Story. Invisible Guest. What? Takes on The Help. Probably the most forgettable match of this uh, round of 32. Bit of a gimme for the help there. What about this one? 1917 against Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, unlucky 1917. (laughs) Unlucky. Uh, Avengers Infinity War takes on the Wolf of Wall Street. That'll be tough. Joker against How to Train Your Dragon. Coco takes on the Irishman. Ooh, we could have a Joker v. Irishman in the round of 16. I think it's more likely we have a Joker v. Coco. You reckon? Well, Uh, I don't know. We haven't done our little uh, bracket uh, bet there, have we? (laughs) Whiplash against 12 Years a Slave. And lastly, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse takes on Spotlights. All right, a couple of good matches coming up there. Indeed. All right, mate, it's time to take a trip down memory lane. And this time last year, we were doing the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, a bit of an interesting film, that one. Yeah, good old quirky Wes Anderson, hey? I guess you could say it's one of his quirkiest films. Who knows? We also did our top five Wes Anderson films on that episode. So let's go check it out. And was the opening film for the 64th Berlin International Film Festival in February 2014, where it won the Jury Grand Prix Silver Bear Award. Damn. Yeah, impressive. Solid effort. Not biased at all, though, you know. <laughs> Financed and filmed in Germany. <laughs> yes, of course. Wins this German award. <laughs> Some I of feel, the financiers are actually for... a part of the, the jury. <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel bad for all the other quality German films that year that were just like, oh, come on. Who's this American guy coming in and taking all that shit? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was interesting how Mustafa is... I just can't help but say Mustafa and not think of Austin Powers' Will Ferrell. <laughs> really? <laughs> and Mustafa... So we get another time period, 1932. And the aspect ratio has changed to the old 4x3, the square. Man, I'm glad you're all over this aspect ratio. Yeah. I'll be honest, I did not notice a change ever. What? <laughs> How did you not notice? <laughs> I just didn't. That, this looks a little strange. Is this not shortened out cut down? Was it not just a square the entire time? Man, those bars on the side are really massive. <laughs> <laughs> the cut to Gustav's face is like, very good. Like, he's so pleased. It's a fantastic answer. Yeah, like He loves the compliments. I can tell you, as someone who hires a decent amount of people in my job, I often ask, why do you want to work here? Yeah. And I swear, no one's ever given me, who wouldn't? Yeah. But uh, as soon as someone does, instant. Interview over. You've got the Very job. Well good. done. <laughs> 
It's his teeth. Did you notice his teeth? Like they're no, I didn't. They're kind of. They look like they're almost missing. Like the bottom row of his teeth almost look like they're gone. I don't know why I was just looking at your teeth there. <laughs> oh, I was trying to just show you <laughs> to like see what you meant. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Because <laughs> you have it too. <laughs> Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Hey listeners, we just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie related. Yeah, it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're always looking to improve our show and get our name out there. And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast. Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it. Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on Public. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy. Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Hendo controls our main handle at the Movie Journey and I am at Dean's 250 journey you can also check out our facebook page at facebook.com slash the movie journey our letterbox pages where we keep our film diaries up to date i'm at letterboxd.com slash dino underscore j88 really rolls off the tongue and you can find hendo at letterbox.com slash hendo and we also have a new facebook discussion group yeah a little listener community going on over there yeah head on over join up we'd love for you to be a part of the discussion exactly another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on itunes for us and like we said if you screenshot your review and dm us we'll send you out some new sweet sweet merch or if you're really loving the show and want more why not check out our patreon where we post another weekly show breaking down films not on the imdb top 250 list yeah we've got over 70 episodes over there including such classic film series like the Die Hard series x-men series mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular. Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate? Well, mate, we've got another patron-requested review coming up from our awesome patron Jay, and he has selected The Cabin in the Woods. What a fun film to talk about, Hendo. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, a film that definitely plays on the horror tropes. Pretty funny, lots of good gore. It's going to be a good review. We also like to give a big shout-out to our newest patron, Amy Smith. Yeah, thanks so much, Amy. We we really, really appreciate your support. Yeah, thanks for joining our patron family, and we hope you enjoy all the new bonus content you receive. Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer. The good. The bad.
right, before we get into everything else we've been watching, just a quick word of warning is not needed because there will be <laughs> no spoilers coming. So, never fear. We won't ruin the films we're about to discuss. All right, mate. How many films have you seen recently that we're talking about? Six. Interesting. What about you? Seven. Wow. Yeah. Pathetic. Thank you. So, I'll start off here. Yeah, sounds, sounds like a good idea, Hendo. Yeah, we'll start off with this quick one here. It's a new 2020 film. Oh, a, nice. A German film on Netflix. Sweet. It's called Issy and Aussie. Okay. Yeah. It's Pretty good? No. <laughs> it's really not. To realise their culinary and boxing dreams, the daughter of a billionaire forms a mutually beneficial alliance with the son of a struggling single mum. And this is... So it's a boxing movie. No, it's a relationship movie. It's not good. Is it because you're not German, maybe? Did you not understand some of the like cultural elements to it? There's not much to it. It's not very much like a German-themed film. Yeah, this would be on the uh, lower spectrum of a uh, generic rom-com film. Oh, it's a rom-com. Yeah, it is It is touted as a rom-com. Huh. Is, were- it, is it romantic and or comedic? It is both at points. That's why it gets a one and a half, because there were some moments of humour. Not much romance, though. One and a half for me. Cool. All right, what about your number six? My number six, I took my daughter and a couple of her friends to the movies for a birthday, and it was meant to be a good thing, but it turns out it was really just punishment for me. It is Doolittle. I would have been disappointed if this was not your number six. Yeah, I just really feel like the filmmakers... I was going to say, like, did little to, but I've stuffed up the yeah. past tense. <laughs> you, you get the gist. Yeah, this movie sucks. Like, what the hell is Robert Downey Jr. doing in this film? And I don't mean, why did he sign on to do this film? I mean, he is abysmal in this film. Does he care anymore? I mean, he acts like he doesn't care, but his character sort of is like that. It's a very, like, I don't care, I hate the world character. Is it like he's Sherlock Holmes? Uh, not really. He's got this weird accent. And- yeah, I was going to say, how's the accent? Oh, it's disgusting. It's so bad. Like, we know. Uh, I just, yeah, it was really bad. How are the talking animals, though? They're fine. Realistic? No. <laughs> of course they're not realistic. This whole movie is a joke. There's no point to this movie. It's 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 honestly a really tough watch. It could be the worst movie I've seen at the cinemas probably since I was, say, 16. But, of course, it does not take away from the fact that Peninsula Cinemas are amazing. I mean, sh- surely not. Yeah, seats were comfy. Sound was fantastic. Scream was beautiful. It's just a shame what was playing. I give it one star. What's the half star for? The cinema experience? The kids liked it. It's <laughs> not a high bar to cross, is it? <laughs> They're like Duck, Duck, Goose. No, the 10. They're 10-year-olds. All right, my number six is a 2010 film called The Losers. You heard of this film? Yeah. Have you seen it? Uh, No. No, I was actually thinking Loser with Jason Biggs, but it's not. It's like a gang of... Uh, did they be superheroes? Or? No, no, not superheroes. It's a CIA special force team that they're betrayed and left for dead by their superiors, and they galvanise them by, to mount an offensive on the CIA. It's got Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Chris Evans, Zoe Saldana, Idris Elba. Good cast. Mm. Shit film. Okay. Very generic action. Feels very dated. 2010 doesn't really hold up these days. The end is atrocious. They they really lent into that. There's going to be a sequel to this film. So they don't even technically finish the film. It really left on a sour note. Not that there was much to the film anyway. The action's pretty subpar. The effects are pretty bland. Two stars. So generous with your stars, Endo. All right, my next film. What the fuck were you thinking giving me a league of their own? How dare you? Let's run through things I don't like in movies, okay? Sports, Sports movies. <laughs> tick. Tom Hanks. Baseball movie. Gina Davis. Tick. <laughs> Set in the 40s. Tick. You like big, don't you? Penny Marshall made a league of their own. Yeah. Penny Marshall. Tick. Big. Tick. These big tick for yeah, big league tick. of their own. Big tick. <laughs> All right. 
How the hell do you make the nicest guy of all time unlikable? Oh, he's great. No, he's not. He's so funny. No. He throws a mitt at a child, hits him in the face, and, and he laughs. Yep. Got him. How well do you know this film? Oh, so well. I was watching it in disgust. This movie is so bad. Did I ever tell you you look like a penis with a little hat on? Oh, my God. Right. I mean, you've Dude, got- Dude, I love this film. You've got to be kidding me. No, I'm not. There, are so, like many, there are so many old school 90s, early, like you know late 80s films that you Gina love. Gina Davis. She is so bad. <laughs> Rosie in O'Donnell? Everything. Big big Rosie O'Donnell fan? I mean- Madonna? Mad- Madonna was probably the best thing about this film. She was fine. Nah, Tom Hanks. No. He is amazing. He was not amazing. He's crap. Send all the hate mail to Dean this time around, please. I can't believe- What I, is wrong with you? Can, I you, was not, can you not have a good I laugh? I put this on thinking this will be an easy watch. It'll be this feel-good film. It was not an easy watch. Absolutely feel-good fun this film. This is a long movie Why as do you well. Hate life. It's two hours long. When it started and Gina Davis was like really old, I was like, oh no. This does not it's reflection. warrant. You love this reflective does not films. warrant this stupid setup that they're old. I can't believe what I'm hearing let's, here. Let's go back and remember the, the glory days of playing baseball for half a season. Like, I, can't, be- I can't believe that you just don't like films What's in general. What's with all the montages in this film as well? This story has almost no plot. The number of baseball catching montages. Like- you are not a sports guy. You're terrible at sports. Why? You're worse at sports than I am, and you're watching this like, oh, that was a great throw. Oh, what a catch. Oh, how's, that, how's, how's that dramatic scene where Rosie O'Donnell throws the ball really hard and Gina Davis catches it with her bare hand? Ooh. I tell you, I am, I am shocked. I am and th- shocked. And there's actual singing out loud in this as well. What's wrong with singing? Oh, you like La La Land? La La Land's so good. This is garbage. I, I am mortified at your response to this film. This is a heart full of gold, awesome movie. I tell you, it's lucky it didn't get under Doolittle. It's uh, You're a disgrace. One star. That is- Oh my God. Why do I have to deal with you? <laughs> Don't give me shit films, please. I didn't. I was generous. I gave you good films. I gave you a four star banger. Four stars? Yep. No way. And I'm proud of it. League of Their Own is fantastic. You are not. <laughs> right, my number five, we've already reviewed this film on a bonus episode, and that was Sonic the Hedgehog. So go ahead and check out that episode if you feel like it. But over to you, mate. Your number four. My number four is Superman Red Sun. Ah, back on the DC Animated, are we? Well, it is early in the year, That's so true. there's not a lot out, and I will watch DC Animated films. I didn't really like it. I know about the Red Sun storyline. It's sort of this Elseworld tale where what if, you know, Superman landed in Russia instead of the United States? I just didn't like it. Like, they take characters that we know and love and they just make, they give them an entirely different personality. Well, they're running out of ideas now, aren't they? It wasn't for me. There's there's a pretty cool Batman-Superman fight. That's about it. I give it two stars. Sounds like me with Batman vs. Superman. Yeah, it's a good fight there. Nothing else with it. Anyway, my number four is a new film from Netflix called All the Bright Places. I think it's just come out on Netflix. It's the story of Violet and Theodore who meet and change each other's lives forever. As they struggle with the emotional and physical scars of their past, they discover that even the smallest places and moments can mean something. Stars Elle Fanning and Justice Smith. And I thought this was pretty good. This is my first recommend. There's definitely some emotional weight to this film. There's some really strong, heavy themes that they're dealing with in this film. And they handle it very well. I think the acting is quite good in this film. I think what lets this film down is the abrupt ending, I guess. I feel like it just happens and then the film's over. And I was left, uh, I guess, wanting a bit more clarification or a bit more understanding of how it got to that point. So, in the end, still a good film for me, and I think it's uh, three stars. Very good. All right, over to you for your number three. My number three is the other film you got me to watch, Paprika, 
And I still don't know if this is good or not for you. I think you have some idea. Wow. So, Paprika is a Why Japanese- are you in a bad mood all the time? Is a Japanese animated film. To be fair, I haven't seen this. It's basically, uh, it's about this company that makes a machine that allows people to enter their patient's dreams. Ah. This machine gets stolen and then, you know, hijinks ensue, basically. You can talk to Brother Sean about this. Now, this film is not a bad film. But... I would not recommend it. But it's one of these weird films where right, I'm, I'm giving it two stars. Jesus, okay. okay. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy watching it. But I can appreciate that there's so much going on that I wouldn't be against re-watching it in a couple years. Okay. Because I feel like there's a lot that I've missed. It is an extremely hard film to follow. But if you watch it again in two years' time, you would have forgotten everything by then. So, it's like watching it again for the first time. You know how Inception, how it's really cool because you don't know what's a dream? Blomp, do they do blomp in this film? They don't. But you don't know what's a dream and you don't know what's reality and it's like, it's cool. Well, in this one, it's not cool. It's just annoying because you have no idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden, something crazy will happen. You'll be like, oh, okay, so it's in a dream. Why is it called Paprika? Is it the name of the machine? No, it's the name of the girl who keeps appearing in the dreams. Ah, okay. Who doesn't appear in the real world, basically. The scenes seemingly have... I mean, again, I'm going to say they have no connection. Obviously, there's a connection. It's just watching it, I couldn't find what that connection was between scenes. It was so this mishmash of all these like animated scenes that you've got to try and work out how they fit together. It was just very confusing. Is and- that just because you yourself get confused a lot? Maybe it's not the movie's fault. Maybe it's your fault for not being able to follow it. I must say... The animation, the choice to do animated fits this story very, very well. Like it does, they can do so much with animation that you can't do with film. So it was hard to follow and the third act in particular, batshit crazy, but yeah. Not for me. Two stars. And you do not have a, a good track record with Brother Sean's picks that I give you. He asked me to check out The Wailing and I got you to watch that. And you what? trashed that. What's The Wailing? Man, you can't even remember <laughs> films you've seen. Is that Japanese? Yes. I think you gave it like a one star. Yeah, but it's not a shocker that you forget films. Moving on to me, my number three, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. Did your brother Sean get you to watch that? No, my daughter Isabel got me to watch this. Actually, who am I kidding? I watched this. I got her to watch this. And this is good. I was a big fan of the original Shaun of the Sheep movie. I gave that four stars back in 2015 because it's just such a great, fun time. Very easy to watch. This film is also the same. It's just not as good as the first one. This one here, you have this weird alien comes down and crashes onto the farm and basically Shaun the Sheep and all the, the Root and Tootin' gang try to get it back. Were there any aliens in the first one? I don't think so. No, that was like a, a realistic down-to-earth movie about sheep, yeah? More realistic than the alien coming Aliens. Down. Yeah. It's the first sequel. They're number two in this movie, and they already have gone to the alien Well, this well. was a TV show that has had many, many, many episodes before this. Have you watched that TV show? I have. And it's good. As is this film. I had a good time with the kids. Definitely some moments where I laughed out loud. Nice. That helps. Short. Enjoyable. Sean. Short. Short. Okay. Three stars. Okay. All right. Your number two. My number two. Here we go. We're getting oh, to the no. good stuff. We have Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, my God. You had a really rough couple of weeks. I'm still not recommending this. <laughs> no, like, by a long shot. Yeah. So, if you uh, want to hear my extended thoughts, check out our bonus episode on Sonic. All right. My number two, a film that you got me to watch, War of the Worlds. See, see, see how this works. So, I give you great films like War of the Worlds. Uh, 
great is- You give me you, a League of Their Own and Paprika. Yeah. See, Paprika I haven't seen, and I wanted to hear what you thought about it. A League of Their Own, you're just an insane madman and don't have good taste in film. War of the Worlds is okay. Definitely a big blockbuster film. You get that feel from it Why do I feel like your review for this is going to be more negative than other films you've already talked about, which you say real positive stuff about and then go, three. <laughs> no, this is three and a half. Clearly, because it's higher than the other ones I've spoken about. I think what lets it down is the CGI is a bit whack now. I like the sort of grainy look on it. Tom Cruise is really good. Obviously, he plays a leading man very, very well. I like the premise of why the aliens are there. And as you gradually see that come along, what they're there for, there's a big uh, section of the film involving Tim Robbins, which I thought was really well handled. I just think that the movie went a little bit too long, started to lose my interest. And I think the ending was a bit average. Shocking. So three and a half for me. And that brings us to our number one films for the week. Dean, what do you got for us? This could be anything. You're at two stars at the moment. Thankfully, I did see one good film, and it is Richard Jewell. Richard, you're a national hero now. Thank you, sir. But I was just doing my job. You always look at the guy who found the bomb just like you always look at the guy who found the body. Jewell fits the profile of the lone bomber. A frustrated white man who is a police wannabe who seeks to become a hero. We're running it. You're a suspect. You don't talk. I talk. Say it. I don't talk. This might be the only way to clear your name. I want you to say there's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Stop trying to be their best friend. I was raised to respect authority. Authorities are looking to eat you alive. There's a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. I'm sorry, what? His accusers are two of the most powerful forces in the world. The United States government and the media. I do want to help y'all on law enforcement, too. There is a bomb in Centennial Park. You have 30 minutes. Ah, the new Clint Eastwood film. Yes. Now, this is a film that I probably went in with very low expectations. And I was, I guess, convinced to watch it by the TV little spots I saw every now and then of... Sam Rockwell, basically, doing his thing. I was like, oh, Sam Rockwell's in it. Did it not have anything to do with last week's Clint Eastwood Spectacular? Well, that pushed me over the line, but yeah. Anyway, so I watched this. Really, really good. True story. It's powerful. The acting's great. I like where it goes. Highly recommend it. Just a really well-made film. Four stars. Cool. I will definitely check it out. You really should. Like, There's no way you won't like that film. All right, we've got a review here for Richard Jewell from Anth P. Clint. Clint, Clint. Two out of three absolute stinkers. 15, 17, and this seemed to jump from scene to scene. The build-up was understated and glossed over far too many important pieces. Seemed like a Hallmark TV show to me. Clint's recent form isn't that great. Well, Clint, Clint, Clint. Anth P, Anth P, Anth P. <laughs> <laughs> nah, thanks for your review there, Anth. All right, that brings me to my number one film. And this is a, a big step above all the other ones I've seen. It's from 2010. It's I Saw the Devil. Have you heard of this film? Only because you've watched it recently and wouldn't shut up about it. Well, apparently, Brother Shane's been like hammering you to watch this film for three years now. Really? Yeah. I was having a little conversation with him and he's like, you got to get Dean to watch this film. I've never heard of it. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not a shocker. <laughs> No, this is a South Korean film. It's about a secret agent who exacts revenge on a serial killer through a series of captures and releases. Do North Korea make films? Propaganda films. Anyway, back to this film. This, from, oh man, this blew me away. This was an amazing, thrilling, incredibly tense revenge film that hold nothing back until the final credit was rolled. Lee Bung Hyung is great as the revenge-driven detective who basically starts to waver on that moral line of what he's doing, but it is Choi Min-sik 
who's the guy from Old Boy. You've seen Old Boy? Yes. Yeah, he's in this. I who, remember it well. Who absolutely steals the show, giving one of the most intense and frightening roles I've seen in a long time. This film goes for over two hours, but it is so well paced, I didn't feel the runtime at all. I wanted more. It is expertly directed by Kim Ji-Wung. Gripping, nerve-wracking, in your face. I love this film. Four and a half stars. Very nice. Right, we've got a review here for a couple of films here from the In Their Own League podcast. A League of Their Own is an absolute classic and a real joy to watch. That's right. That's right it is. Also, I saw The Devil and it's one hell of a ride. Bloody and brutal. Definitely not one for the faint-hearted. Doolittle is just a mess of a film. I doubt even the littlest of kids would enjoy it. What well, do you say to that? Not true. Not true? No. Did Zara really enjoy that I film? I didn't take Zara. I took Mia and her two 10-year-old friends. And they enjoyed it? Yes. All right. Fair enough. But do you think Zara would enjoy it? Of course. She enjoys everything. Fair enough. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, Dean, for coming along. Thank you, Daniel. And thank you to our guest, Rob Manifield at the Everything Racing Podcast. Yeah, thanks, mate. Great battle. Loved having you on. Now, next week, we're back with our next breakdown, and it is Danny Boyle's train spotting. Yeah, Boyle. Oh. Oh, Boyle rules. <laughs> <laughs> you redeemed yourself. That was amazing. All right, thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode, and we will see you next week for train spotting. Bye. Bye.